Hello and welcome to Bite Size Strategy, the podcast that provides you with less fluff and more stuff that you can actually use to grow your brand online. In every episode, we cut the banter, we get down to business, and we talk actionable tips and tricks for online marketing, copywriting, optimizing your website, and more. I'm your host, Ashley Kay, a web designer, digital strategist, and all-around nerd. If you would like to connect with me in between episodes, you can give me a follow on Instagram at builditandblossom or check out builditandblossom.com for more. Hello, friends. How is everyone doing? I am doing well. If you have been paying attention to the podcast, you may have noticed that I failed to put out an episode last week, but you know what? That's okay. I am allowed to take weeks off. The world will be okay. Life goes on. And the reason why I took last week off is because I am home. I am visiting my family. It is great. I'm in my hometown and it is very quiet here. And if you are a fan of the podcast, you probably know that I usually record in my closet, in my small LA apartment, in my noisy LA apartment where I have no control over the neighbor's noise. And I also live above my neighbor's garage and I have no control when they open and shut their garage door. So it makes recording podcast episodes quite the challenge. I do it without too much complaint, maybe a little bit of complaint if I'm being honest, but it's really nice to be here because it's a lot more quiet and I don't have to worry about anyone else's noise. So I'm loving that. So I flew up here. I took a lift to the airport, which was fine. I haven't used Lyft, which of course is like a ride hailing app. I haven't used Lyft much because, you know, the whole pandemic thing, I wasn't really going anywhere, but I decided to use it for the first time in a while when I was going to the airport. And I noticed that you're able to check your rating as a rider, which is something that I don't remember the Lyft app previously having. So of course I checked my rating. The highest rating you can get is a five. And I got to say, I was very disappointed because my rating was a 4.9. Now, I know that's not awful. I've taken between 40 and 50 rides with Lyft, so I'll take a 4.9. It's not the worst thing in the world, but I'm a little bit salty because I was really hoping for that five-star rider rating. And it kind of bugs me because I'm like, all right, like who didn't like me? Why didn't they like me? Ugh. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I bring up Lyft because it puts me in a good place to segue into today's topic, which is Uber, another ride hailing app. And we're talking today about Uber and branding. And I know that seems like a bit of an odd choice for an episode topic, but the reason that I'm bringing Uber up is because their general manager went on the record at a conference way back in 2017 and said that the company's brand voice was underdeveloped. And it was this underdevelopment, essentially, that really affected their advertising and marketing campaigns. Well, because part of my work as a digital strategist and brand building nerd involves helping clients find and strengthen their brand voice throughout the years, I have always found myself referencing this this quote, right? Uber's belief that their brand voice wasn't established because it's a really good example to explain that, yes, it is important to put in the work and develop your brand voice. It's important for large companies as well as small ones 
because if your brand voice is weak or if it's inauthentic or inconsistent, it certainly can affect your efforts in other areas of your business, like advertising and marketing and even content creation and all of that. And if you're looking for more on this topic, I definitely suggest you check out episode 12 of the Bite Size Strategy podcast. It's the one about brand voice and tone. And you can also visit builditandblossom.com slash resources slash brand tone workbook. And you can download a helpful workbook to help you establish your brand tone. So if that's something that you feel you struggle with, check out that episode, check out that resource, that workbook that will get you in touch with the basics. Okay. Anyway, so although I know it's important to have a strong, consistent brand voice, and I also know that Uber feels they missed the mark with this in their earlier days of their business, I have to admit up until now, you know, I hadn't really dug any deeper into any of this. All I really knew up until recently is in 2017, Uber felt their brand voice was underdeveloped. But I found myself wanting to know more because I'm a curious cat. What did Uber do to change this? What did they do to establish their branding? Did it work? Are they still struggling? Are they thriving? Is there anything us solopreneurs and small business owners can take away from any of this in regards to branding or business in general? I had all of these questions. I wanted them answered and I kind of got more than I bargained for because it turns out (laughs) Uber's branding journey is is quite detailed, okay? It's quite a wild ride. So on this episode here today, I want to look at their branding journey. And there's a lot of other stuff that has gone on within Uber, the business itself. But for the purpose of this episode, and to make sure that we aren't here for two hours, I'm only going to be talking about their branding efforts, more or less, okay? So buckle up, grab an Uber, and let's dive into Uber's branding journey. And to start, we're going to go back to 2009, which is when the idea for Uber was born. Founders Travis Kalanick and Garrett Camp got stuck in a snowstorm in Paris, which, to be honest, sounds kind of lovely and romantic and sweet and nice, right? Could be a Hallmark movie about it. But I guess Travis and Garrett weren't really into it because they were unable to get a cab in the storm, and that was kind of a problem for them. So they're sitting there, they're unable to get their cab, and they were like, what if you could request a ride right from your phone? It was this thought that gave birth to Uber Cab. And Uber Cab initially launched in 2010 in San Francisco. And here's a really great example of business strategy done right, although I kind of get the vibe that maybe for Uber it was more of a fluke than a strategy. San Francisco has a large percentage of urban professionals who are into tech but don't own cars. And I totally understand why because I have been to San Francisco. Driving around there is a nightmare. I've seen the streets. I haven't driven around myself because I saw the streets and I'm like, no, thank you. So the whole being able to not own a car but to order a car from your phone, that was perfect for this location and this population of people. And business pro tip number 481, know your audience and make sure your product is delivered in a format that works for them. Uber did this and it worked. They were successful. 
So shortly after this initial launch, cab was dropped from the Uber cab name. And the reason for this was the service wasn't really a taxi cab in any traditional sense. Actually, if you dig a little bit deeper, the real reason for dropping cab from the name was probably the cease and desist request that Uber cab got from city authorities in San Francisco concerned that they were improperly marketing themselves as a taxi service. That cease and desist letter will do it to you every time. So Uber cab turned into just Uber and Uber, by the way, means above all the rest in German, which is what the founders envisioned for their new company. Well, as you probably know, Uber expanded to cities big and small and grew very quickly, although not without issue. There are entire articles devoted toward documenting Uber scandal after Uber scandal, and most aren't even up to date. So in sum, Uber has had a lot of scandals. There have been lawsuits, there have been sexual assault allegations, there's been a lot. I'm not going to get into any of these here. We would be here a long time, but I do think it's safe to say that Uber's reputation was a little sketch. Maybe it still is in the eyes of some people. And an article from Financial Times states by 2017, Uber was falling apart as a company thanks to a poisonous culture. No bueno. Well, since then, a new CEO has taken over, and it seems like this new CEO has largely righted the ship. But in 2017, this is also when that general manager said that the company hadn't really focused on their brand voice up until this point. They hadn't let the world really know what they stand for, and that was affecting their marketing and advertising efforts. At this point, by 2017, they had also gone through multiple branding redesigns. And I really want to talk about those because there are a lot of good lessons from all of these redesign efforts. So the first logo that Uber used was when they were using the Uber cab name back when it was first launched. And the logo for Uber cab was reportedly designed in a few hours by one of the founders. And this logo, now we can't see it, I'll describe it for you. It features or featured a red U and a red C. And the U and the C were the same exact shape. The C was basically the U, but rotated to look like the C. You know what I mean? And then under that, under the U, C in red, was a gray Uber cab right under it. When the name was shortened to just Uber, the same elements were used, but in a slightly different way. I don't have it in front of me, but if I recall correctly, the the U symbol was still used and then like Uber was either on top of it or below it. So that's how like the new logo looked. Well, a couple years later, they ended up completely moving away from this design. In 2012, they did a rebrand, they got a new logo, and we're going to talk about this in a minute. But one takeaway I want to address here before we go any further, for you as a small business owner or solopreneur, I don't want you to get married to your initial branding design. This is really important if you're just starting out or if you haven't modified your branding since you first launched your business. So don't let your emotions get in the way. Now, it's not the main thing that I do, but I do take on a few branding design projects every year. And if a client has a business that has been around for a while, 
One of the things I notice is that they are oftentimes hesitant to move away from the original branding that they've used. And I get it. It's probably because of nostalgia. And I totally understand this, but I also commonly see people with very on-trend branding. Being on-trend can be good, of course, as it makes the brand seem fun and modern and funky and fresh and all those things. But this can also be a problem because trends only last so long. And after some time passes, the design that was fun and funky and fresh in 2015, now it looks dated and drab. It's really like any kind of fashion, including my beloved skinny jeans. All the rage in the early to mid-2010s, right? Well, now it's all about the high-waisted mom jeans and the ankle boot cuts. Ugh, and I'm still salty about it. My advice here is when it comes to your visual brand design, you want it to look modern, but not so on trend that it will look extremely dated in a few years. And if you've been using a design that maybe does feel a bit dated, maybe it's starting to feel a little bit stale, strongly consider a refresh and don't be afraid to ditch those elements that make it feel stale, even if it is a little bit sad to say goodbye to them. You can generally keep the same feel, but do it with fresh new elements. Anyway, let's get back to Uber. So Uber's original logo design is, in my honest, my humble opinion, super, super ugly, and it would not motivate me to download the app at all, let alone actually use it. It looks very, very generic, and this is something that Uber knew, and they knew that it was out of alignment with the rest of their branding and the message that they were trying to convey. And so the company got its first major overhaul from a branding perspective in 2012. And here's another good lesson. If the branding doesn't convey the values of the brand, it's time for a change. Uber knew that its ugly red logo and generic lettering weren't modern or luxurious enough for the type of brand that they were or that they were trying to be. So in 2012, the redesign went live. No more generic letters to be seen. No more red thank goodness. And this redesign featured very slim, spaced out lettering, and the color palette was very monochromatic. This color palette was like black and white or light gray, and then I believe there was a little bit of steel blue as well. So this 2012 redesign certainly was an upgrade, but it still wasn't perfect. The letters were quite far apart, and it was borderline hard to read. And then somehow, I don't know how this happens, but they ended up with two working logos. The Android app for Uber had one version, and the Apple app for Uber had a different one. And there's another lesson for you guys. Be consistent with your branding. You can have submarks, and submarks are simplified versions of your logo that are used for different purposes and on different scales. Submarks are good, but you should only have one main logo. So anyway, Uber knew that the 2012 redesign wasn't quite it, and they wanted to shake it up a year later in 2013. So they called up some agencies, they had talks with lots and lots of designers, they interviewed a lot of them, but nothing seemed quite right. And according to a Wired article, Uber itself didn't really know what it wanted. It reportedly took them 18 months to agree on five brand pillars or values that resonated with what Uber, the company, held near and dear. And here we have another lesson, folks. Do the foundational work first and let that lead the way 
Otherwise, you are likely to hit roadblocks. It's hard to do anything from working with a designer to creating content to even offering your products or services in a successful way if you don't know what you truly stand for. When I work with clients, the first part of the project is usually always spent on this foundational work, working out brand values because I need them to do my job as much as you need them. It's really important. When this foundational work is skipped or not done completely or well, there can certainly be issues. Issues like not feeling like anything is right because you aren't sure what you're even looking for or what you're all about. So put the effort in first to complete this foundational work and you will be golden, my friend. So once Uber had a better grasp on who they were, their design efforts went a lot more smoothly. They came up with a simplified logo design with a much easier to read wordmark and they really, really liked it. But then there was another roadblock. A fresh logo wasn't enough. All of the other branding assets and elements needed a refresh too. And the rest of the concept here took forever to develop. But eventually, the Uber people decided on a Bits and Atoms theme, which they felt represented the company culture. If you don't really know what Bits and Atoms means, don't worry. I don't know either. And it turns out a lot of people were kind of confused by it, which uh, we'll get to in a minute. Okay. Anyway, Uber decided on a brand wide pattern. But when it came to choosing a color palette, they struggled yet again. And Uber had actually previously struggled with its perhaps overly simplified color palette. So with the 2012 design, it was pretty monochromatic. We had the black, the white, or the light gray, and a little bit of blue, but that was about it, okay? So a palette that is pretty limited like this can be difficult for designers and marketing people to work with because there isn't enough variety. And I'm going to add that in here as a lesson for you because it is something that comes up in my design work a lot. Okay, make sure your color palette offers enough variety to work with. Monochrome black and white palettes can certainly work. Don't get me wrong. If you're really in love with that, I don't want to say, no, it can't work. It can work. But in general, it's hard to work with because if you limit yourself to too few colors, it can be really difficult to get important elements to pop. For example, I encourage my clients to use a bold contrasting color for important elements like buttons and calls to action on their website and marketing materials. Well, it can be really hard to make these elements stand out if half of the other elements on the page are the same color as well. Of course, now there is such a thing as too many colors, but if your brand palette only has like two or even three in some cases choices, this is going to limit you and it's going to be probably pretty difficult to work with. Anywho, back to Uber. Eventually, Uber came up with the idea of designing different color palettes for different regions. So Uber in Nigeria had its own color palette and pattern, and then Ireland had its own color palette and pattern, and India had its own color palette and pattern, and so on, okay? So they spent a lot of time researching the color palettes and the patterns to make sure that these things resonated with the people in that location, in that population. So this new redesign was launched in 2016. Yes, it took 
quite a few years to put together. And honestly, like, it sounds like kind of a cool concept, right? The only problem is people hated it. The icon had been a U, which makes sense, right? U for Uber. That's the icon the 2012 design used. That's the icon that people had grown familiar with. That's the icon that people had associated with the Uber brand. Well, now, in 2016, this new icon is completely different. It's a backwards C, and I, I guess it kind of looks like an atom or a bit. I don't know, like I get it, but I don't really get it, you know? And apparently not many other people did either because like I said, the public hated it. And if you are like by your phone right now or on a computer, go to Google, type in 2016 Uber icon and you'll see it. You'll see what I mean. Like, what is it? No one really knows. Critics didn't like it either, and critics said founder and CEO Kalanick had too much involvement in the rebranding process, and the end result, quote, suggests arrogancy and inconsistency, unquote. Another critic said Kalanick's time could have been better spent elsewhere instead of being so hands-on and involved during the design process. And I did leave this part out a little bit, but sources say that Kalanick was extremely involved in this whole redesign process. But he's the CEO, you know, so his time could maybe be spent doing other things. He probably didn't need to be quite as involved as he was. Also, we have to consider that Uber poured tons and tons of resources into researching the different countries, working to determine the best colors and patterns to use in those markets, and that fact had people questioning where Uber's priorities really lie. This kind of caused a perception issue for Uber among the public, never a good thing, not to mention all of this took a load of time and money. And here's another lesson from this point in Uber's branding journey. Even though it's important for you as a solopreneur and small business owner to really love your visual branding, because you're going to be working in it pretty much every day, don't lose sight of what's important. In business, the important thing is, above all else, making money. If you are spending tons of time stressing over your visual branding, take a deep breath and let it go. Now I find some of my clients don't really care about colors too much while others, and I uh, totally group myself into this category as well, obsess over exact shades and spend time making small tweaks like over and over again. At the end of the day though, it's important to remember this true fact. Your audience isn't going to care if you use steel blue or cornflower blue. This is not going to be the determining factor for them, right? So if you are getting hung up on these little design details and they are preventing you from making a decision or moving forward or you're spending too much time on them, that can be a huge real problem, right? So please be involved in your branding or rebranding project. Involvement is good, but not at the expense of the other areas of your business. These little details should not be your number one priority for months or even years on end, right? Leave that to your designer. Take a deep breath and let it go. 
All right, back to Uber. So what happened after this 2016 rebrand that didn't go over very well? Well, in 2017, they backed away from parts of the new design. Oh, and Kalanick, the founder and CEO, resigned as well, and they brought on a new one, and he is the current CEO, and he seems to have kind of turned things around. Seems like Uber's doing a little bit better than it was in 2017. Going back in time, though, let's go back to 2018 because they rebranded again. So only two years after the 2016 design, we see a new design. And this is the design that they are still using today. It seems to be working pretty well for them. I like it a lot better. It seems like the general public does too. So with the 2018 design, the colors were out. The black is back. There are some additional colors to make the color palette more useful than just black, white, and steel blue, all of the 2012 era of Uber's design. But the main colors with this 2018 design are black and white. And that's really great because it feels streamlined, it feels identifiable. And in the 2018 redesign, the app icon was replaced with a simple Uber text on black background. This is much easier to identify than the Adam bit weird thingy that was on the teal pattern background that was used in 2016. And with the 2018 icon, it's super helpful that Uber is spelled out so people can easily find the app on their phones when they need it, especially if they've been drinking, you know, hard to really see the small icons on your phone in that case. When you've been drinking and you need a ride, you want to find that app right quick. And then also, like, especially after the 2016 redesign wasn't really memorable or iconic, I think it's really important that Uber included Uber spelled out on the app so people could easily find it again. So overall, this 2018 redesign is the best that Uber's had yet. That's my opinion, but it's also the opinion of a lot of other people too. This design is much more simplistic, but it's not arrogant, it's not stuffy, but it is memorable. It's good. It brings back some elements of the past, like the more elegant 2012 era of design, but this 2018 design is really its own thing. And this seems to be working pretty well for Uber because they have pretty much stuck with this design ever since it was released in 2018. And at this point, it's 2022 now. So my math tells me that they have stuck with this branding for four years, which is quite an accomplishment for Uber, right? And this leads me to the last lessons here of our episode today. Don't throw away an iconic design. The 2012 design that Uber used certainly had some flaws and it wasn't perfect, but it was easily identifiable for app users. The app icon was the white or maybe light gray U on a black background and people really got used to that. They were able to find it quickly on their phones and they associated the Uber brand with this type of icon. But then the 2016 design was completely different and this really threw people off, which ended up affecting brand recognition. And that is never a good thing. The 2018 redesign is much better and it brings back some of the well-known iconic Uber elements like the black and white color palette that people had been associating with the brand for years. So if you have something that's iconic and really you and true to your brand, don't get rid of it. That's just silly. But you can adapt it. Okay, and that leads me to our last lesson of the episode. A brand design is not forever and that's okay. You can incorporate certain elements that have worked well in the past, but please 
give them a fresh spin. Because like the world around you, your business and your brand is going to evolve over time and your branding should change with it, right? And instead of that seeming like a scary thing, embrace the change, my friend, because change is inevitable. It's going to happen. All right, you guys, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I had a lot of fun researching it. I learned a lot about Uber that I didn't know, so that's cool. That's fun for me. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to learn more snackable brand building tips like this, certainly subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also check out the website, buildintblossom.com, and then click on podcast, and you're able to find transcripts or show notes for every episode. So if you're ever able to not listen to an episode all the way, but you don't want to miss the, the hot, important content that I'm sharing with you on the episode, check out the website for the detailed show notes. I have other brand building resources for you on the website as well. All right, you guys, that's a wrap. I'll see you next week.